Hello and welcome to podcast 286 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Joe Dupe and, uh, well, the only Irish Newcastle fan I know, uh, Mr. Madden. Welcome, gentlemen. Do you know what I mean? Keith Gillespie of the podcast. No, he was Northern Irish, wasn't he? (laughs) Northern, wrong Irish. Wrong yeah. Irish, yeah. Whereas Mad's just wrong. English, English, English Irish. Irish, but anyway. Clinton Morrison likes this. Drugs? Stephen Reid likes this. <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway, uh, on this week's pod, we have a transfer window special, and it's kind of inspired by the event. We kind of did a similar thing for the, the summer transfer window, uh, some of which... Some of these clubs, well, one particular club has kind of carried on their trend, but so we're going to avoid talking about Nottingham Forest. But... Um, We've jotted down a few of the scenarios and sort of we're going to discuss what we would do in football manager land if these sort of things came about for us. Um, so I think we'll just dive in, gents, because, uh, you know, well, we've had to basically wait for the window to close. Whoa, 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 Matthew. The window slammed shut, mate. Slammed. They, Sorry. They never, they never close. They're like an angry woman at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday. Yeah, the, you, this is coming from a Blackburn fan. It's always a very soft closed window. <laughs> it's a bit like when a sub happens. They're never, they're never sub. They're hauled off. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's just certain phrases used in sport, and that's one of them. Slam shut. How can you? But you don't haul off a sub if a player's injured, right? Or a concussion sub. Well, you you drag the fucker off, don't you? Uh, maybe in the fifties. Maybe less so now, though. Um, okay, let, let's get started. We'll focus on Manchester United first of all. Uh, deadline day was um, a bit wild, really, because of uh, an Ericsson injury. Um, so, football manager terms, what are you doing if you realise you've got uh, like a, a very sort of... I mean, they're kind of fortunate, really, that this Ericsson ish injury was cleared up and they knew how long he was going to be out for um, before the window closed so they could actually address it. And obviously they've they've got in um, Sabitzer in to sort of replace him and it looks like it's a deal, a good deal all around for them. I feel like that's the the, the, the phrase I've heard all fucking day. Breaking, breaking news, Matt, on Sky Sports News. Manchester United submit deal sheet for Sabitzer. Brilliant. That's only, I only knew that about 12 hours oh, no, ago no. hopefully they haven't sent it via fax I've always been fucked <laughs> <laughs> to be fair Old Trafford's that old they probably still use a fax machine yeah I'm just cupping a bit of rope right <laughs> I bet I bet Kinky. I bet David Gill is sti- it's still David Gill's number as well is that old um, yeah so football manager world what do you happen what, what do you deal with say you've had a game a couple of days before the transfer window closes a relatively key player I think you could argue Ericsson is he's featured in a lot of games this season what are you doing in that situation? Can I just ask, well, is Sabitzer a stoop? Is, is Sabitzer a, a CM? I thought I would have seen him as a winger in my memory, but am I wrong? He's not uh, a winger. He's, no, he's, he's like an a, 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 yeah. AMRLC or something. He, yeah. He's very versatile. Um, mm. I mean, I've seen one clip of him and I love him already. Um, okay, and I just mistaken him for the wrong person on Sky Sports News. So, you know, I'm well up to date. I True tweeted story. earlier... Felipe, Felipe's in the back of the car coming out of the Nottingham Forest training. Oh, Sabitzer's in the back of that. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I tweeted out this morning saying, happy transfer day, or as Manchester United fans call it, Tuesday. I didn't expect this, Matthew. Obviously, the whole Ericsson thing. But this is something that would absolutely strike fear into me in the FM world. 
and it would just give me sheer panic and I would panic by and get somebody in really stupid signing just to kind of put me at ease because Ericsson's out for I think like late April we're saying yeah late April early May is what has been reported and we've still got a shed load of games left uh, seeing as we're in every competition that we possibly can do at the moment so there's a lot of games that we're going to have to play so I think it's right with Van der Beek out with Ericsson out we do need somebody um, but yeah, in Football Manager, if this if I had exactly the same scenario, I would go straight to my director of football and go, could you recommend somebody? Because uh, then the it's is, your though, problem, like, not mine. But the, the, the way that it's been handled and negotiated, yes, they're paying his wage, but that's it. Like, it's a loan with no obligation to buy in the summer. It's, you know, they're, they're not really losing anything by, by bringing him in that way. Unless so, he's shit. I mean, if... Uh, well, unless he's shit, yeah, but uh, so then, but you at least you've you've tried had to be well, exactly. He goes back in the summer if he's garbage, right? I think it works out very well for both sides, though. Like I said, Sabitza comes over to to us and, and fills a hole that we have, um, and then that frees up um, Gravenberch in in Bayern Munich, you know, because I believe Gravenberch has actually played less games than Sabitza, and Sabitza has played less games in. Um, Gundogan that they've got in there. I think the recent game I was reading that they actually dropped Gundogan. Mus- Close for Man City, mate. Not G- Gundogan. What's the chap's name? <laughs> chap's name plays for Bayern Munich in the middle. Well, Kevin, I don't know which one you're talking about. Kimmich. Any- Kimmich. Goretzka. There's another one. Goretzka. That's Goretzka. it. I know it's started with G. Um, <laughs> and like I was reading that they because he's out injured, but they dropped Musiala back and actually played him in that double pivot role, which is a bit strange, ahead of Sabitzer. So it gives me a lot of confidence that this guy's really good. Um, but I've only seen one clip of him on Twitter, which is him scoring a perfectly beautiful volley uh, for, for um, Leipzig. So, you know, we've got that to come. Yeah, I think his Leipzig form probably showed that he's good enough to be, like, back up at Man United. Uh, and the fact he plays with Bayern Munich as well, they obviously saw something in it. Um, but I was going to say, do you think that van der Beek would have been like the number two to Ericsson's number one on the squad planner. I think so. Yeah, I think Cause, so. Because normally, if it's deadline day for me, like I've always got that player ready to step up. So you've always got two for every position. But mm. if they're both injured, then to be fair, probably the first thing I would do is go director of football suggestion because they always seem to pick a perler on yeah. deadline day. They'll come up with someone good, but then. Yeah, that's. I mean, I don't think it, I think that's a good thing. A loan with no obligation is your perfect six months, isn't it? A bit like Weghurst as well, right? We've done that deal exactly the same. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter what happens, we're not going to keep him. So, interesting. I think your point is valid, Joe. Thinking about FM squad planner, like with a player like Ericsson, I mean, I don't watch a lot of United, but DLP is—is is it fair to say too? Like for Ericsson's role in that midfield, roaming playmaker. Roaming. Yeah, he's, yeah, okay. he is more. He doesn't. I think for like what I've seen and read of Sabitza, Sabitza does he has a great range of passing, a bit like Ericsson, mm. but he actually has a bit more mobility. He presses more. Um, oh, he's more of a mobile. He's a yeah. lot more mobile. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's hard. He's it? Not, Absolutely. It probably well, he's more yeah. for. I would, I would, if I was to categorize him as an FM role, he would be a box to box midfielder. Like he is, and, and how he's played for Austria, I've watched him more for Austria than I have for for Leipzig or ba- um, for Bayern. Um, I remember watching him in the Euros, and then. Um, seen bits of him in the World Cup as well so um, I, I I think he's a decent player but yeah he doesn't he doesn't do what Ericsson has done it's a role change I would way. think Chris. yeah because like, yeah. 
I don't think Sabitzer would be like for like McTominay definitely not Fred definitely not you know so if you're thinking of your, your double pivot in FM you're definitely going to have to tweak the roles because once Ericsson and are there they don't have a they don't have well, the whole point the whole point of Casemiro is that they don't have to play a double pivot mm. yeah so that's that's why. So it, it can you can have someone with a bit more freedom. True. I think I would absolutely take Sabitza, Casemiro, and Bruno as your midfield three that working in that United. Um, absolutely, I would I would take that. I'm happy with that. Um, I'm excited to see him. Hopefully, we can get him in and actually play tomorrow because that would be really cool. No, um, won't be able to. Has to be before 12, 12 o'clock the day before, doesn't it? For a game lunch the following lunch, day. Lunch yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. so maybe he'll play at the weekend then. Mm. Um, I'll be excited to see. Um, we are quite lucky that ho- we, we do have a couple of good youngsters and I actually thought we would just stick with them. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a shrewd signing. Um, and I think the only other thing I would kind of do in this situ- situation um, on the football manager fi- uh, side of things would... Um, I don't think I would go for a six month loan. I think I I think I would just bottle it and just go and try and sign myself up and structure it to crazy. Um I don't really loan yeah, but then, people but, in but you, in January. But you, if you know but if you know that you've got someone who's only injured, it's not like he's leaving. Like that's like you're then doubling up on contracts. Yeah, I guess yeah. You've got to get rid of one of them, right? Like, yeah, no, absolutely. You, you're not gonna keep them both happy. Which actually poignantly moves us on to our next one. So we, we'll, or else we'll end up spending all, all of the night speaking about Manchester United, which one of us might appreciate, but the rest of us less so. So we'll move on to right, the Wonder Kid Hoarders. <laughs> the Wonder Kid Hoarders that are Chelsea. Um, only three Champions League spaces available. Uh, who do you register? And how do you keep them all happy? Uh, that's, a, that's probably... You know that is in in football manager. This is probably the most difficult thing at the moment: keeping players happy, especially when they're not playing. I think first of all, Chelsea have done it very wise with the players that they brought in. They brought them all in that are under twenty one, so they go on their B list. Does, doesn't the Champions count. League doesn't count. They, they, that doesn't count. It has to be homegrown player. Oh, I literally I was... read it earlier. That's why I added it in there because loads of people are oh, oh. they're all under twenty one. They go on the B list. Um. I, was, I, I, yes, was I thought the same thing. Uh, and I'll read you the exact thing in just two seconds. Where oh, the, yeah, please do. Where the hell is it? You carry on, I'll find it. So I'm guessing they've made a fourth by getting rid of Jorginho. That, that doesn't count. It's, it's additions, it's not replacements. Right, so you can only add three more players in. Right, yeah. okay, that makes absolute sense. Okay. So that's three, three, that's three, that out, three out of Felix, Fernandez, Madweki, Mudrik. <laughs> And I think there was a fifth one. I know they signed a Brazilian Badashili. Oh, Badashili is already cup tied because of, or is that that got the window for the February? Yeah, cup ties are out of it because um, uh, who was it last year? Uh, Diaz. Diaz played for Liverpool last year. Uh, Mm. Came straight in and played straight in the Champions League. So a player may be registered on list B if he's born on or after 1st of January 1995 and has been eligible to play for the club concerned for any uninterrupted period of two years since his 15th birthday. Right, okay. Okay. Good good, good reading. I like that. So that news um, item in uh, Graham Potter's inbox after the registration is going to say, why didn't you register oh, me for the Champions shit, League? And yeah. he's going to go, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Joe did. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's going he's gonna to save and reload and go back. Actually, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, you would think they've had those conversations. 
Yeah. You'd like to think you'd like to think that they've had that conversation and gone, We're gonna register XYZ for the Champions League, the rest of you can play, you know, in Premier League, like you're gonna get your chances. Plenty of games left till the end of the season. You know, that's what you'd like to think would happen. But if they haven't, oh it could it could end in absolute tears, right? Yeah. I mean the the thing with Chelsea is they have obviously Oh, they, they haven't done it where loaning players out but pretty much they've the way they've gone about it realistically they could say to these players look you've got six months to settle in England like you don't have to come into the first like you're going to train sort out all your home life everything like that you know the players that they can do it with they could kind of give them that time to integrate which actually might be better for them than just throwing them straight in and then obviously they've got such a big loan system for next year like their their whole conveyor belt is all about loans, isn't it? So they've got the potential that they probably could find find places for these players. It's a weird it's weird that it all seems very potential based, but it's gonna be a, yeah, gonna be an odd one. But it's six months of squad dynamics nightmare from this point, right? So you've got all these new chaps arriving in. Dynamics are gonna obviously get a bit fucking rocky just with all the new arrivals in one go in one short period. Literally five, six months from now. There's a mass exodus, surely. Loftus Cheek, Pulisic, Conor Gallagher. Well, I think that's the. You know, yeah, it's just they're going to have to do it because it's like you know? to balance books, mm. if nothing else, like because of how they've structured all of the various contracts and all of the the deals to offset against FFP. They're going to have to get rid of other players, and I think to be fair, that they probably need a clear out, irrespective of whether it's younger players leaving or older players going that they they've got such a mishmash now they i mean they've signed a mishmash of players it doesn't feel like they've got a real a proper cohesive vision about where they're pulling like they're not pulling in the right direction you compare that to uh like someone like brighton who have a clear view of how they're recruiting oh, mate, if chelsea you, if you haven't seen the, the paddy power right. the paddy power advert for brighton scouting is brilliant by the way sir just, just go and have a look on their, Go and have a look on their timeline. It's fantastic. I will just say breaking news. Uh, talking about Chelsea, Ziyech's deal looks like it could be off the loan Oof. move to PSG because the uh, the contracts were 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 signed but not sent back into time to be registered. Um, now, obviously, when this pod comes out a week from now, it ain't breaking news. But to us four, <laughs> it's fucking breaking news. <laughs> um, fucking happening now. Today is Tuesday. But what, what I had my finger up for mainly was um, talking about, I, I'm just trying to think my head around this Champions League dilemma that they've got. This whole deal for Fernandez now, has it's, it's been kind of on the back burner, but it's really took up pace today and come out of the blue today, right? Because... When they signed Mudrich, I just assumed that the, the Fernandez deal was off. That's an, I don't think they could have eat, had that promise in there with, with, with him being in. And I can't see him wanting to move that with that amount of money and not being in the Champions League. They are going to be in some serious yeah. trouble. Yeah, but to be fair, they could just get knocked out in the next game. Who have Very they got? easily, yeah. Oh, I don't even know, but it doesn't matter. They could, Anyone feasibly, could they, they could yeah. be two games in the Champions League and then they're out. Oh, it's just... Style. Poor planning. Yeah, they got you there. I also am like... Dortmund. They got Dortmund. They got Dortmund. It's a, it's tough if you're in that academy. I know Chelsea have had a good academy. Like you've seen Gallagher and Reese James, Mason Mount, hudson Adoya come through and they'll get good return on those players. But if you're in that academy now and you're 18, 19, in any of those positions, you're like, right, 
But no matter how hard I try, I've got to compete with 100 million pound players, 70 million pound players. It, that it's, it's it depends though, doesn't it? Yeah, it depends. Because how the spending, obviously he's setting this up for the next seven to 10 years. Mm. So he's, he's now going to have to manage all those players through FFP. Obviously, any player that they sell from their academy, so your Mason Mounts, you know, like as you was just saying, if they sell those, it's basically it's hundred percent clear profit because then they're not a they're not a commodity like on the balance sheet because they didn't cost the club anything. So it's pure mm. profit. So actually, if if they went these kind of talented, homegrown like the list you just done, then you went actually who's yes, I know they won the Champions League, but who is actually first team world class player out of all of those just Reese James like they, the they, only one on his own I think you know yeah Reese, Reese James yeah I'd give him that but again in, he's very injury prone true um, and don't know how to lock his front door um, <laughs> I just kind of think that could be where they go is like they could chip those out for a few quid balance some of the books they've got a lot of young players coming through their academy and they've played quite a few of them recently and they've done they've done alright so, yeah, it's a it's a strange the only, one. The only, you're talking about like as a financial commodity. I I agree, but you obviously lose out on the fact that that you are losing a lot of players with homegrown status, mm. potentially but, to rivals. Ninety percent of them players he just listed are on the bench anyway, so you could put the kids mm. on the bench. Mm. Yeah, you know Hudson Hudson sure. Adore. Oh yeah, he's going to be like the next big thing going to buy Munich. To my knowledge, dumb fuck all. Uh, apart from got a bit mardy with uh, Tommy Tourette, so mm. uh, moving on to uh, Jordi Arabia FC, Anthony Gordon inspired Jordi signing or attitude seconds. waiting to happen? <laughs> no, I did not. Uh, where does he fit in? Any positions that you should have filled? Um, obviously, um, we before we started recording, I don't know if if Mister Mister Madden was here when we started talking about it, but we had. Chris Wood would mention Chris Wood leaving. He's like, so he was one of the first ones in the door um, about this time last year, through when the the Saudi money was fir- was fresh in the accounts, uh, and he's already out of the door on loan um, now that they've had you know a summer and then a winter transfer window to to get to work basically and and actually start building a squad. But yeah, Anthony Gordon going back to the main point. Thoughts on on that, Mr. Madden? I mean, I think I, I had reservations on this one, not because of his ability, just more my just unsure of him personality-wise. But I think as I've watched him, see, like more clips of him, and particularly listening to how Eddie Howe has spoken about him, Eddie Howe is looking at him and going, "Right, you you can do exactly what I want you to do, and I can get you, I can coach you to be better." at even better than you are at that. He wants a pressing forward. He wants to defend from the front and have that echo all the way back through the team. And he's got a little bit of extra quality. Like I know Almiron, for example, has scored a truckload of goals this season. Whether it's a phase or not, I don't know. It'd look great to see it continue. I think he probably sees Anthony Gordon as that player, you know, a runner, can press, all of that kind of stuff. But equally, he can shape his game in terms of more goal contributions, assists, um, and just creating more opportunities. So I, I like most most of the the narrative I see on Twitter is people a little bit of reservations, but trust the process, trust the, the you know Eddie Howe, Dan Ashworth, the, the the people they have in place there to say yeah, well if they think it's good enough, works for me. 
So it's hard not to kind of go away from that, to be honest. And that's, you know, thinking about FM, if you trust your director of football, your technical director, sporting director, whatever you're you want to call it. <laughs> you mean mug in FM. <laughs> but I'm on board with the with the Newcastle setup right now. What's, what's your thoughts on the whole personality side to things? Because we've had a very similar situation with Anthony, obviously down tools at Ajax and came over. Do you think that that could upset the apple cart the way that he left uh, Everton? Does that kind of lead a bit of a bitter taste? Because it shows that he's, you know, he, he's obviously, he, he wanted to leave, but the way that he left was just not good. It's not great, but... Uh, two, th- I think two things on it. One, I think plenty of other players have done that and it gets quickly forgotten if you go about things the right way. He's kind of going from being a slightly bigger fish in a pond of shit, mainly because of this, this, like the situation at Everton, um, just because they're in such dour shape. He's got to go to Newcastle now who are already flying it, who in theory don't necessarily need him as much as Everton did. And I've watched some of the clips of him going into the dressing rooms and like obviously there was the game Newcastle played against Everton and he got he got in the right tiff with Trippier and with um, Fabian Scher and he meets the two boys and uh, he's basically said to Fabian Scher like you know will you do will you do that for me because uh, Fabian Scher has defended Trippier in that clip and he's been he's given Gordon a big shove and uh, yeah, Fabian they, they both put like, it yeah. on Instagram as well don't know to like yeah, welcome and, to and, welcome uh, to Fabian Newcastle. Scher has just gone yeah I'll do it but you got to earn it you know so he, he's got to go in and, and and earn his stripes quite literally um, but like like I said. It's more on him to get on board with the way things are there, rather than him bringing in attitude, bringing any of that. It, it, it they just won't. It just won't happen. They won't stand for it. And you can't go into a team who's third in the league already with a kind of really, really good dynamics dressing room uh, and system, and expect it to be kind of standing out. It's not going to work. Well, aside from like FFP, they can afford to just say, "Well, we'll just cut our losses on you." Then, if if mm. you don't work if out, don't he'll work out. get loaned back to Everton when they're in the Championship next season. Mm. So, um, okay. if if it doesn't work out, um, okay, Arsenal uh, top target didn't happen. Signed Trossard instead. Uh, Kiwior and oh, and Jorginho actually coming in. That's, I mean. I, in the in the games that I've watched, Trossard and he came on as a sub and started. In he's he's just carried on where he left off from Brighton. He's looked fantastic, and I dare say that him being in a team of uh, a collectively better team, he's just slotted st- straight in, and it it shows that he was well scouted. It wasn't. I don't think that was a particularly reactionary signing. Obviously, they'd they'd planned on getting Mudrick in instead of Chelsea going in for him. Um, but um, the Jorginho one has divided a fan base, and it's you know Arsenal haven't really had an awful lot to moan about this season with things going relatively well, and now Arsenal TV have piped back up. Um, strangely enough, because they're not really a fan of this Jorginho signing. Um, if it was us, what happens like in an FM context where you've been chasing one player for an entire window, and then all of a sudden? Like you've got five days to go, and he goes elsewhere in the end, despite you courting him and getting Instagram posts saying he's like likes and posts saying he's joining you. So in the game, obviously, yeah. go. It, <laughs> Can I'm, you imagine? I'm, I'm sure there'll be. A, there, I'm sure there'll be an Easter egg towards that. Uh, but yeah, if if your main targets disappear all of a sudden, how do you find a quick one? I mean, I'm I'm going to assume Joe has something planned for this situation because he's Joe 
I think the top target, I think they would have probably signed all of these players if they'd have got Mudrick. Maybe not Trossard. He's, for the money they've paid for him, it's, it's, a, it's a throwaway Star-based, signing. Yeah. Like, and the same with Jorginho today. Like, I actually think they've signed him as just a bit of squad cover. Like, and he, when I look at Jorginho, I kind of think, he's Arteta. Like, he's Arteta on the pitch. Yep. He's got that leadership quality. I've seen a lot of things um, with Chelsea, um, like, you know, teammates and soccer AM and stuff like that. And they all say Jorginho is like, he is the the character in the dressing room. I know he, he's not on the field. You wouldn't really probably say that about him, but lots of them say, like, in the dressing room, he's the prankster. He's, he's the one that's always kind of getting people going. And I think when you look at it, he could be the manager on the pitch. You know, I think Jack has got a bit of that. But he's also not. He's also got a bit of a temper, so he can lose it occasionally. But I think Jorginho, he could be that player occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I think I think since he lost the captaincy, Jack has actually he's matured in that Arsenal team. You know, do you remember when he like literally was walking off the pitch, slagging the fans off? And I think now he's he's had a lot of personal growth, but yeah. he's still he's still mental. Oh, he's oh he's yeah he's got it in him. But I think with Jorginho, I think he's that player. You know, he's won everything, hasn't he? Like, he's won the Euros, he's won the Champions League. Well cut. I don't think he's won a Premier League, actually. But he's won, you know, he's won some serious silverware, so he takes a lot of experience into a young side. And again, for the money they've paid for him, it's worth having just to have a backup centre midfielder. You know, they Xhaka and Partey are probably going to, you know, they'll be your starting two kind of pivots. Partey, I think he's got a niggle at the moment. Um, and then with Xhaka again, kind of discipline, he could be well, suspended. Con as well, right? As well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, so you've just got that cover that can just step in, and even obviously they're rumored to be the ones running for Declan Rice in the summer, like that holding position. For the money they've paid, they pay a loan fee, you know, for not far off that for a Champions League winning midfielder. And I know Chelsea. I've heard a lot of Chelsea fans saying he was a cog in the wheel. He wasn't an exceptional player. So that kind of thing isn't so bad. But I think for the top target, that's one of them that they've gone for it. And actually, I kind of respect the fact that they didn't go balls out and take all Shakhtar's demands. They've kind of gone, well, this is what we're willing to pay for him. If you don't like it, we'll step away. The fact that Chelsea signed him is is, is irrelevant, really. I think it's more Arsenal saying, well, no, we're... This is what we want to do. If that's not right, we'll go another direction. And you might find in the summer, they've got another one lined up. I think that it's more and more clubs are starting to to do, I mean, with the exception of Chelsea, who will just bend over. Um, But like Newcastle are doing the same, without going backwards. They're saying how much they're willing to go and they're not going to go over. Even if everyone knows they've got got more, they're just not going to do it, you know. Um, It's good to see that happening because the money's getting... It literally is getting silly. Mm. Like it's fucking well, bananas. I look at it. You look at Man City and actually look at their signings and you actually look at the values. All of their signings, other than Grealish, obviously, I know Grealish mm. was big, but that's that's English tax. You actually look at them and they've, they're have they all kind of 50s. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, and I mean, later. 50s is a lot of money, but it's like they kind of stick around that kind of money. They don't really, as other than Grealish, I don't think mm. they've signed anyone else for... 
Haaland was 60-ish, but that was the release fee. <coughs> and and yeah. it's Haaland, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but to be fair, if you were selling him now, it'd be 100 plus. It's, yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's like an investment thing, but they they kind of stay steady at what they want to do. Um, I just think it's one of those. I, I've said it before on here, the Arsenal documentary on Amazon, when you see Edu, Edu's office, he it's like squad planner on his wall. Mm. And I think he knows... I've, I actually think they've got their recruitment strategy quite good at the moment. And the fact that they they stuck with the manager, gave him time, and now they're kind of seeing the fruits of their labour. So I think, you know, they're going to be Champions League. So they're going to attract a good calibre of player in the summer. So I, I don't think they'll be too pissed off that they didn't get Mudrick. And they've made mistakes in the past, you know, costly ones with Pepe and the likes. Oh. And the way I see it now, you know, Trossard, I think he's 28. I think they're looking at it and going, right, We've got options in the bench. Fabio Vieira, there was that Marquinhos chap. Very young players. So Trossard is a bit, you know, a bit more of a short thing, even if he is a bench option. The Jorginho thing to me just makes sense. Like I think Jorginho, people are probably looking at it going, oh yeah, maybe he's passed it already. Because he's, he's never really been like a crazy mobile player bombing up and down the field. The man is 31. Kevin De Bruyne is 31. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, like Casemiro is probably the same age. It's He has an awful lot to offer. And even in the FM side of things you're like the dynamics the leadership the experience he brings into a team that has quite a low average age and experience level he's just going to bring in at the very least a very cool head for what is going to be the biggest five months that team's ever going to have uh, or has had for the last you know 10-15 years so it's a no-brainer for me I I, no problem with the Giorgino thing even if he doesn't kind of if he plays half the games or, or less between now and the end Man can take a penalty when Saka's off the field as well. So, well, I think also like taking like Joe's point about being like a leader, whether it be on the pitch or in the dressing room, like and the the Amazon uh, all or nothing Arsenal. That it shows that that dressing room environment to that team is very important, and not just to the team but to Arteta as well. He he does a lot of work in in that environment. And so having a positive influence in that will only help them. Well, you imagine you got, say you've got four games left of the season and you're three points ahead in the league. You know, they're all going to be making buttons in that dressing room. If you have got someone that's been a winner and they've actually got that relaxed mentality or they are a bit of a joker and they can ease that, you know, cut the tension with a knife. And that's the kind of, you know, that could be invaluable to Arsenal. And I say for 12 million quid, fucking like you, you might as well do it. It's a bit of a no-brainer. It's, it's it's a pressure that mm. none of those players are used to. No. Like it, when it gets to squeaky bum time, when you've got five games to go, like it's all, all well and good when you've got a nine-point gap, and then all of a sudden that nine gap goes to three, and then you're like, "Fuck, we're we're losing it now. What what's going to happen?" Like you need someone to and you, calm everyone you, down. They might turn around. They might influence. they might turn around. And go, oh yeah, Dinchenko and Gabriel Jesus won titles with Man City. They weren't first team regulars. Mm. They played a lot of games, but they weren't first team regulars. You know, this is this is different now. This is different for Arsenal. So I don't think that's a bad signing. Obviously, the young centre half they've signed again. I think that's a bit of a potential signing, kind of the way that Arsenal have been going. So you know that again could be make or break. You just got to see how it goes. It's an extra bit of cover that they've got. You know, any excuse not to play Rob Holding, I'm sure they'd be glad of that. Um, yeah, and as I say, top targets, that's one of them. He was available. Shakhtar were willing to sell. They go again in the summer. 
Like they're not. It's not like they're lacking strength in depth out wide. Even though he did look good against Liverpool. He did. Uh, right, we'll move on to my favourite of all of these. <laughs> West Ham. Kids black um, is, uh <laughs> Signed a striker. He got injured. What a fucking surprise. You nearly dead. Porno. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder who wrote that, Joseph. It's so frustrating. Well, I think this all the time. There's two things. The owners of West Ham, they get a lot of stick from the fans they have done since they've taken over. You know, obviously one has just passed away and he he was a massive West Ham fan. You know, he wanted the best for the club. They put their money where their mouth is. They've they've got a lot of investment in and they've they have spent a lot of money the past few windows. And so you, you can't you can't diss them for that. You know, they've made a lot of money. They, they've invested a lot of money. But it frustrates the life out of me when we just buy shit. Like, all right, Skamaka got an injury. Danny Ings, again, the money, it's not massive money. But you, when I think Danny Ings, I just think he's going to get injured. And lo and behold, he's got injured. <laughs> right? And I think there's like some crazy stat like West Ham... Have so, since Golden Sullivan bought the club, they've had something like eighty-five strikers they've bought, and f- <laughs> like f- fifty great. something of them hadn't scored a goal for West Ham. Right? That's that's how mad it is. So you can't say they're not backing, you know, with buying players, but they just buy shit. Now there's always been this thing with West Ham that um, Sullivan has got this deal with one of the agents, and he buys players through that agent. And I think that's probably where the problem is. Like, we've bought another striker, or we was, you know, we was linked with the, I'm going to say it was the Lorient striker. Terry I can't Murphy. remember. He, that's the guy. And I'm looking at it, I'm going, we're going to sign another striker. Skamaka is brilliant. I know he's got an injury, but he, it's not the striker that's the issue. We're not creating any chances. Mm. When, If you remember when Moyes first took over, Soufau, Creswell, bombing down the wing, putting balls into the box. Antonio was just a menace and he was scoring scrappy goals. Now, I've, I know he's West Ham's top scorer, which says a lot, but I don't rate Antonio as a striker. He's a menace. He's great at pressing, but he isn't a natural number nine. You know, a lovely lad. Like, you know, I've got nothing against him, but he's a Dharma Traore with a British passport, like, or Jamaican. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> hamstrings ha- hamstrings are a myth um, but like we lack creativity and like Creswell he's old his legs ain't there still got a good set piece on him but his legs are gone we could have signed a left back I know we got Emerson Chelsea reject um, Cornet from when we bought him for Burnley was probably going to be a wing back or play like as the attacking wide player injured I get it, like they're there waiting for him to come back, so it could happen. But right back, Soufal, he had he's one of them players like a Mitchu type player, like has that breakout season because no one expects it. Now everyone knows what he's going to do. They let him run forward, they turn over possession, and then he's caught out of position. Mm. And he's not a sprinter, so he's caught out of position. So one of the holding midfielders has to come across, cover his position, rinse and repeat. And it's like, 
I've said this so many times. We watch football. We're not in the game. Yet how the fuck can we see it and they do fuck all about it? You know, and I kind of, I do think to myself, like, who could you have signed? But I mean, even, to, I mean, I know he was at Spurs, but like Mac Doherty, he would be a good player to bring in. We play Ben Johnson, and I know he's, oh, he's one of our own. He's just not that great. And that's the thing that frustrates me with West Ham. Like, when you look at Football Manager, like, there's so many of these wonder kids that are about that get signed by your Dortmunds and people like that. Like, it's, Clubs like West Ham have got the money. Why are they not going, let's change our recruitment focus and go and pick these kids up and be that stepping stone club? I'm happy to say that. Be that stepping stone club because a few of them will hang about. You know, if you'd have gone, you know, oh, we do need a striker. Go and get, you could have gone and got Sesco the other year when he was at Salzburg. Everyone knows that he's probably going to be a big-time player. Get him in. You know, and you start looking at all these other players that get picked up and you're like we could have we've got the money to go and do that similar thing to you know you probably look at a club like Leicester if they had a bit more investment that kind of thing go and pick those young wonder kids up and build your squad rather than just buying the same old shit ran over but it kind of feels like Joe (laughs) like as you're saying it I'm like I don't feel like they'll sign players who become better and other and other teams then want them. The the players they're signing are kind of going in there and maybe doing okay, but definitely not kind of shining like Haller Mate. was a good example, I think, where he you know, it didn't work whatever with Moyes. Like I look at Paquetta now and it's only been a little while and it's and he's you know, it's a new league for him, a new country and all that. But you still don't really feel like what what was the plan when they signed him? What, what are we gonna do with him to make him better? And yeah. is he is he gonna be better in six months from when, now? When you play with four nows, you play with Lenzini and then you've got Paqueta and it's like, hang on, who who's gonna fit in where? Yeah. You know, you've got Ben Rama, Bowen, you know, there's all these players that have got potential and it just I don't know, it's just a bit it's of a mess. Random. Yeah. And like a lot of fans don't like Suchek. They're like he just does nothing now. Mate, he runs. Like he's I don't mind Suchek. I've, I think a lot of people now have kind of got fed up with him. Mm. But again, it's like if you haven't got him, who are you gonna play? Yeah, you know, and then they try and push Rice forward. Well, he's he's great going forward, but the problem is he has to be in front of that back four because they're not good enough. Mm. You know, most of the time we've always cause we're always struggling with injured. I mean, um, Agard, the Moroccan, he looks pretty fucking solid. To be fair, the games I've seen since he's come back from the World Cup, like he looks very very good. Um, Obviously Zuma, I think Zuma's a good centre half, so I'm quite I'm kind of happy with that centre back partnership. It's the fullbacks that are the problem. Because if you go Rice, Suchek, Paqueta in the middle, and then you go probably Bowen, another, and then Skamaka, I'm like, that's a good you know, midfield and attack. It's not, you know, I said when Moyes come in and everyone's going, Oh Moyes is gonna get you Champions League, did it? What David Moyes done is he come in and went, we're going to play the basics of football. And all we're going to do is we're just not going to make mistakes. And we will be able to counter-attack teams, go forward quickly, and we'll score goals. That was the only thing he could do. He didn't. Now it's a case of we're trying to play through the thirds. We haven't got the players for it. you know. And fullbacks are so important in the modern game. And we haven't got good fullbacks. 
and he no, he's not. I, I think catching up with it either. Maybe Moyes he's not putting as much emphasis on the importance of fullbacks. Well, so, to to bring this back to FM, instead of signing, obviously you can't for. I know you probably could foresee an injury with Danny Ings, but for example, it, would you have signed someone else on loan during, in January? With it, like just to kind of cover the Skamaka injury, or would you have seen what else was about and maybe got someone in? Because obviously, that, you're taking your points about Antonio on board. He's he's not really a striker, uh, or at least a finisher um, in that particular hey, role. The reason why he done so well is because he isn't a natural number nine, so he doesn't play like a number nine. It's kind of unorthodox. He's he's like a yeah. a kind of I don't know. Pressing bull in a china shop. <laughs> like he would close everything down. He would a ball would come into the box and it would hit someone and he would just be there and would be like a poacher. Just like he would just sling his foot at it and it would go in. Like if you actually think Can you ever really remember like a finessed finish or It's always power. Always yeah. like all of the like the spec I say spectacular quote unquote mm. goals that I've seen him score that weren't yeah. Like relatively off the arse end of a banjo, they were like power finishes. Yeah, I mean, and, and credit to him, you don't become a top scorer at a club because you you shit. He's just he's not. And he's, I mean, we bought him as a right back. Do you know what I mean? Like he was never a striker. That happened. He, he. It was like on out of it. He reminds me a lot of. He reminds me a lot of Jason Roberts, like in a similar style of play, like like big, strong, powerful, quick runner. Mm. Puts all the hard yards in, but he has. If he has to think about finishing, you can guarantee it's going yeah. somewhere near oh, yeah. Z rather than anywhere near the goal. If he took a second touch, he would miss. Yeah, yeah. It has to be instinctive yeah. if it's when it comes to finishing. Yeah, and I think that comes like at least in the Antonio's case, it comes down to that lack of training from a young age in that position because he's played here, there, and everywhere. Like at the various different clubs that he's played at, he's like, he's only really became a striker at West Ham. He it's not really a position he's sort of developed over time. Um let's move into the sort of the, the relegation battle situation that we've got at the moment. Uh the team presiding in bottom position is Southampton and I mean this is quite a big risk in in FM terms. They're going for broke, really. They've they've signed Orsic, Alcaraz, uh, James Bream, who came in to uh, he he started today. I think he was good. Newcastle. He was good actually. He's, he he looked tidy. Um, well, the thing is, he he has he has previous experience at Villa in the Premier League, and they binned him back off to Barnsley, so it didn't go that well. Mm. Um, but he looked a bit more solid today. Uh, Sulemana and and uh, Inuachu are their most recent. Pickups, who, but they spent forty million on those two players. To be fair, like that's all. That's they've gone for cross it in the box to the big fucker. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can. There, I mean, it's it's Nathan Jones, and it's how he's played at all of the clubs he's he's managed, albeit at a lower level. But this is a big risk to throw that sort of money on a relatively untested manager at this level. But like, if if you're that untested manager coming in trying to like you know bottom at Christmas style challenge, and they've given you a pot of money, but they're expecting you to survive on that, like that, it's still a big risk. You don't see it often. 
Should have should have signed Gabby goal, mate, and then play a friendly against the Minnow to win thirteen nil. <laughs> <laughs> and then out of the minute, see previous podcasts see for more. Complete it, mate. See you next year. <laughs> I think, like Joe, you talked about how you know you'd love to see West Ham be a bit more young player focused, even if they are a stepping stone. It feels like Southampton are doing this. Like they definitely did it in the summer transfer window. Like if they brought in Lavia and Bella Kotchap and even but Bizzuna. they've done it. They've done it over the past few. Yeah, like yeah. The, 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 players. the players that they've been been bringing in. They've been cherry picking mm. youngsters that are wanting game time from clubs that aren't willing to play them. Like yeah. they raided Chelsea not to like uh, two seasons ago. And City, they did and they've well, done the they? same with Man City as yeah. well, haven't they? Yeah, and yeah. It, and it's that's great. Like if they're if they're kind of a comfortable mid table team, who have the luxury of a bit of time here to kind of go either get these players clicking and banging or selling them on when they do, like, that's fine. But they've come into the January window and kind of done it again. Like, Suleimana, highly, highly rated, very young, very, very raw and fresh. Um, on Uachu, I think he's been pretty good in Belgium. Like we said, he's big, big, strong forward, think, so yeah. might settle in a bit quicker. Alcarez, very young, fresh, apparently a bit of a lunatic as well. But it's, it is a gamble when you're smack bang in the relegation zone. They do. They look good. They play well. Like I've just watched them play Newcastle twice in these two semi-finals. They had sixty-five percent possession in the second half against Newcastle there. And and granted, Bruno got shit. Off, but easy now. Steady on. Carabao Cup finalist. You're talking about there, Joe. Um, I just yeah, like what is that? Would you do this in FM? I suppose is the question. If you're smack bang in the relegation and you're going into January, would you go under kids? It's like I feel like it's like going into a PVP. With wonder kids who just aren't ready for. Uh, to be fair, I think I think they probably think that they've got enough to stay up. I think just teams above them that they think you know what we'll be all right. Maybe mm-hmm. let's carry on with what we've been doing. At worst, they're bounce back up. <laughs> at worst, they've got a squad full of talent that they could sell on for big bucks later, like they always do. But I think you've got to give it a go. I'm assuming they're not his transfers. I'm assuming they are the club's transfers, right? Because like surely mm. he hasn't been in long enough. Oh, they've, they, yeah, they've been, they've been, they've been, they're very much working on like under the the whole director of football model. They're not. I wouldn't imagine that he would have had much choice over. Yeah, who he might have potentially in. said, "My style of play is this." Yeah, 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 and they've gone and signed the players to kind of meet that criteria. I mean, I'd be intrigued. Yeah. I think, uh, I think he's had a couple of good results in the cup, but. He's got a big old task on his hands. It's it's very difficult for him. It's a great challenge, though, isn't it? It's a good. Save. And on the, I mean, on on the other hand, we've got Everton, who have had a, a another recent managerial change and signed no one and let one of arguably their more promising players go. Um, Sean Dyche is used to working on a shoestring, but time. Sean Dyche from Frank Lampard who didn't really play with much of a plan and to Sean Dyche who I think doesn't get credited half as much as he should do for the type of football he can play and is capable of playing if he has the right sort of players this uh, this is the test though isn't it because he's always said he's been pigeonholed as a manager direct football da, 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 da. but where else have you seen what he can do so I'm like this, that's the interest does he try and do something outside of what he's done before because I think what Everton need they need to be solid at the back they need to be I mean and obviously he's worked with quite a few of the players that are there 
does he go for what he knows to start with and then goes right we develop it if we can stay up it's very difficult and the fact that yesterday they were in for 40 million for Conor Gallagher and today they've signed fuck all yeah but I I think the he'll go for he'll basically pretend as if they've just been promoted I think that makes the most set, like solid solid um, consolidation this season is the best they can hope for, and survival is what you aim for. And so, you, you he has to be solid first of all. Like goals have been a proper issue for Everton this season. Um, whether and I think that's largely down to the the lack of avail- availability of uh, DCL because he's just been injured, like pretty pretty much half a season. So. Or half a quarter of the season thus far, which which when when he's their main goal threat, they look mm. completely different when he's actually available. But you lose someone like that, and I guess you kind of have to plan for it because you know he's injury prone. But knowing that he's injury prone and not having a like signing an adequate backup, they lot uh, they, then they let um, Rondon go as well on a free. Mm. So he was the backup who they just let go. It's, yeah, it's Malpay, isn't it? The only other one. Yeah. Who isn't isn't the same type of player, and, and it certainly enough. isn't isn't really someone like he's a he's a, a pressing footy, work hard. But I, I've never really been convinced. Even at Brighton, I was never convinced he's like a consistent finisher. He scores some decent goals. He's but, bloody brilliant in FM, though, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's a yeah, he's a goal those, scoring machine. Mm. But yeah, so if you if you're presented this situation where you've just been thrust in charge, but you're not given any money to sign anyone or not given the opportunity to suggest signings, what would what would you? I guess Joe, you've already given your opinion on how you would or the the quandary you would have. But what about you, other two chaps? I feel sorry for a couple of the players. Uh, Dwight McNeil being one of them got away from. Dyche and now he's back. Also watched a podcast recently of Sean Dyche saying that he likes players just being dressed normally. Yeah, Calvert-Lewin and that's not going to go very well. Tom Davis as well, yeah. (laughs) Um, Apparently he's already gone in and told everyone that they need to start wearing shin pads and socks at training. Um, He's gone in and he's gone good old-fashioned, you know, this is the English way of doing things. It's going to be a hell of a challenge. He does have some very good players there though. there is some very good, talented players that can get him goals. Um, and I think I'm very excited to see how Dice will do it. How I would do it is I would go and find a good tactic and, and load it in and just pray to fucking God. <laughs> but, I, I can kind of see him going 4-4-2. Yeah. I think that's going to be what he's going to do. Because he's got... Um, who's the, the chap that oh scored the bang against City uh, Andre Gray right Damari Gray Damari Gray Damari Gray yes, names it's late everyone it is late Damari Gray he is quality like if he's given the space out wide he is quality him and um, Dwight McNeil yeah exactly out wide that. yeah if but you could have Malpay and DCL up front up front yeah got options uh, and they've got some decent bit- midfield as well yeah. Onana yeah. yeah. oh, no, yeah. no, and they've got uh, they still got Decore yeah and um Idris Agway. Yes, yeah. So they have got, and obviously they've got T-Rex arms in net. They've got a basis of a really good side. Um, they've got his two centre-offs, Tarkovsky and Keane, that he knows. <laughs> well, exactly that. They've got Leighton Baines left back. So, you know, happy days, right? They've also got, <laughs> to be fair, they've also got Nathan Patterson, who I, whenever I've seen him play, I've been very impressed with with him as he, like a young Scottish player. The squad's so there. He just, he's he just needs to go, 
like you know his whole thing is the non-negotiables so if he can get that into him and just go did what did he say on his statement the minimum requirement is maximum effort so you're I like wish, I wish Deli Ali was still there because <laughs> oh mate that's going to be a culture shock isn't it I, I, I would just say this that his biggest challenge is getting those fans on board those fans really do change they, they kept them up last year in my opinion I mean, they, they backed Lampard it's they, not they the, it's, it's the board that they hate so I think they'll, I think they'll be fine I think they'll be behind him but but they, they, you know they they basically pushed out one of their their brightest talents Gordon um he was not impressed with the way that he got the reception he got this board and the kind of the anger towards the board if it spills on to these games where you know Daish, he needs he needs a good run of results and the only way he can do that is with those fans he needs to get those fans behind him so he needs his fans well, that, that, support that actually... to be a+ well, exactly. I was I was just about to say like that's like, with that being a, a new feature in FM twenty three, like you could see the breakdown of how that could change depending on which club you've ended up taking over, uh, and whether that brings its own pressure in itself. Um, we'll move on. Um, we'll we'll just. Uh, I mean, we've got a couple of others that aren't in the relegation zone, but you know, it was more of a, a nod to Dave, but he's not here, so fuck Wolves. Mm. Um, Bournemouth. Are pretty much playing football manager though themselves, right? With the the literally, former Wonder Kids, <laughs> former Wonder Kids that they've been uh, picking up on the announcement videos. Shunado love them. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's again, like we've always said, haven't we? Football manager, biggest scouting tool there is out there. You know, they don't get many wrong, so why not give yeah. it a go? I mean, look at yeah, the, look at the Wonder Kids I mean, that have dropped in these last two windows. It's earlier yeah. and earlier. It's happening. You know, players are younger. I was going to say that yeah. it feels like there's been a lot more go as yeah. well this season than usually. Like we'll see a couple that have sort of surfaced in that year's game, but it seems to have really accelerated. The shortlist is getting emptier and emptier. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And then there's the United States of Leeds, to which, well, you know, it's no one cares. I mean, no, well, to be fair, not. I am very much excited but, to but, see budget head lasso. I'm very excited to see how Weston McKinney does. Obviously, you've always uh, loved him, and I just I don't. Hate I, him. I do. I, I think I think he's a good little player. I, I I honestly think he he has some really good good attributes that can can shine in the Premier League, and I reckon he'll be a very good player, and he'll get a good move in the summer. If you have you watched the Juventus all or nothing? Yes. Where literally the first thing is about where can I get a burger? Yes. And <laughs> you've got like Chiellini and Buffon, like you know. 40 years old, still respecting the food that they put in them. And he's like, oh, I just like, I like hamburgers. Yeah, but I, I mean, I rate that. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, I, I kind of, I, I like the, I, I like Jesse Mark. I think he's, you know, I like, he, but he is a character. Like, he seems yeah, like he's a caricature of himself. Um, and similar, like, we put Wolves on there. of Ted Lasso. Yeah. yeah. But we put, obviously, we put Wolves on there and the whole Portugal thing, like, you know, he's going with what he knows. You know, and what you'll get from a lot of American players is athleticism. Mm. And I think sometimes, like like we say, the effort you put in can win you games. It does, it's not net, always about that technical ability. So, you know, it can be, you know, work rate 20. But it's, it's, a, di- it's motivational a differential. It's like a differential belief. over what your rivals have, you know. Like when you're when you're trying to go about it a certain way. Teams, hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. You know, that's yeah, that's exactly the that. that is the, the saying, isn't it? Mm. You know. And some teams just won't be able to cope with 
you know, if they come out at guns blazing, the tenacity. And they've got some good players. I think, again, I think it's their, I would say it's their loyalty to their defence. That's probably what will let them down because I think they've been too loyal to the players they've got there and they're probably not at the level they need to be to to stay where they want to be. Yeah, you're right, 100%. Right, how long is this fucking quiz that you've supposedly written? One second longer than it fucking needs Ten questions, Matt. Depends how long it takes. It's it's now 12 o'clock. That's all my point. Matt's Matt's window is just shut. Mate, we started this pod in January. It's now fucking February. So (laughs) (laughs) tremendous. It's time for the quiz. I mean, we do have a transfer theme quiz, so let's let's do a transfer theme quiz. Um, Obviously, yeah. At the time of recording, the transfer window slammed shut. As I was doing some research, I kept coming across transfers that nearly happened. So I wanted to give you lads a quiz on it to go through um, over the years some quite interesting transfers that could have been and would have been a bit mad if they happened. So basically, I'll be looking for the name of the player. Uh, I'll give you some clues uh, as to the player who nearly moved from A to B. And uh, we'll go... Zlatan Ibrahimovic. (laughs) Joe, wait for the quiz to start, please. One point. And uh, shout your name, and um, we won't let you work together on this one, lads. You had too much fun last week. So the first one we're going to go for, question number one. In 2004, this Brazilian World Cup winner was on the verge of sealing a move to Bolton Wanderers until the deal collapsed at the last minute. Dupe. Ronaldinho. Incorrect. The deal collapsed at the last minute, despite the player apparently being impressed by then-manager Sam Allardyce. So it's 2004... Brazilian World Cup winner. Dupe. Dupe. Rivaldo. Rivaldo is the correct answer. So he apparently nearly moved to Bolton after meeting with Sam Allardyce and then opted for a move to Greek champions Olympiakos. So that gets a point for Dupe. Yeah, I had a word with, with uh, Jardel. He said, don't Jardel. fucking do it, mate. <laughs> don't fucking do it. Uh, point for Dupe. Question number two. In 2008, Aston Villa were offered this Colombian striker for Dupe. five million. Dupe. Oh, shit. Falcao Falcao is the correct answer they were offered him for 5 million but Martin O'Deal Martin O'Neill turned it down and opted to sign Emil Heskey from Wigan instead of Falcao great show believe it or not Martin O'Deal is right Martin O'Deal <laughs> Martin O'Deal no, no deal. <laughs> Martin O'Deal no uh, question number 3 in 1994 West Ham decided not to sign this 18 year old future Ballon d'Or winner after he played 90 minutes for their under-18s in a trial game against Barnet Reserves. 1994. So it is a striker. So it is a Ballon d'Or winning striker, European, and in 1994 West Ham decided not to sign him under then-manager Harry Redknapp. Why do I not know this? Scotty Callan. <laughs> Ballon d'Or winning striker. French? This player is not French. I can tell you this player has played in Syria and in the Premier League. Syria? Syria. <laughs> <laughs> Still in one piece. Fuck it up. 
Is he Swedish? He is not Swedish. He would be on the eastern side of Europe. Not Davosuka. Incorrect. Why doesn't this not ring a bell? Oh, I don't, I've not heard this either. I supported Man United then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the answer. Clues. Yeah. clues Believe clues, it or not. Clues. clues. Actually, clues. Clues. Who did he play for? Clues. This player joined... He moved to the Premier League to join Chelsea. Shevchenko. Andrei Shevchenko is the correct answer. Did he really? Answer. I didn't know that. Yeah. Rumour has... Well, not rumour has it. Apparently, he played 90 minutes uh, in a Fuck friendly... Mate, the amount of things I've listened to Harry Redknapp say and I've never heard him talk about Shevchenko. Yeah. I discovered this. Apparently, Harry Redknapp said that while he looked decent enough, there wasn't enough there to warrant signing him up. So he passed on the deal. Believe it or not. That was question number he three. Signed fucking Florin Radachoya. Chief. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that was 90, 96, that was, wasn't it? Marco Bugas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marco Bugas as well. Yeah. Glory days. Question four. In the year 2000, Arsenal failed in an attempt to sign this elite striker after he refused to play in a trial game before completing. Ibrahimovic. I already Point told for you this. Joe. It is, of course, Latan. Um, <laughs> he doesn't do trials. Latan doesn't do trials, was the quote. Um, and he turned down Arsenal Wenger. Question number five. In 1998, Man United missed out on signing this midfielder who instead opted to join Tottenham for better terms in the contract. So in 1998, Man United missed out on signing this midfielder Dupe? who instead... Dupe. A bit before my time. Klinsman? Incorrect. Did you say midfielder? Yeah, so in 98, Man United missed out on signing so right, that's midfielder. Why, that's why Dupe confused me. Yeah. Right, uh, no, instead of finger players that could play for United. True. So he opted to join Tottenham instead. S- Stephen Davis? Incorrect. Back further to the 90s. 98, before we won the treble. That must have been dog shit if they went to Spurs. I was going to say that that, that wasn't a particularly great... Team. Well, I know obviously Gazza was the famous one, wasn't he? Yeah. Was that that late? I thought it was earlier than that. Gazza yeah, is in fact the correct answer. Yeah, what I have oh, here I is that it was, it was in... Lot, I know, right? because he basically they were saying they were buying his sister a full desk school. And... Mm. Did you say 90... You said 1998, not 1988. Yes, no, I have 98 here. That... It's not 98. No, 98 is too late. 98, yeah. he moved to fucking Everton. Mm. Okay, I have 98 here. It, 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 was, uh, it, it was earlier. It's the right player, but it's yeah, the wrong Yeah, it's the right game. player, because apparently... Yeah, uh, 1988. Maybe it was 88 and I've just typed it wrong. Um, it, is, it is 88, because that's <laughs> when he signed for them. Fair. Because they said that if Fergie I'm, got him, they, he would have got him not on the drink, right? Ah, uh, okay, true. Fair point. Yeah, you're probably right, yes. And I think, the, I believe the... No, what's I am right. That they offered to buy him a house, or his parents' Question house. Question is discounted. We move on. Discounted. Discounted quiz. Question six. In 2010, Sam Allardyce again... Convinced Dupe. the Blackburn board to sign this striker Dupe. for Dupe. Dupe. Lewandowski. Lewandowski is the correct answer. They nearly ash signed cloud. him for four million only for the volcanic ash cloud, which prevented him traveling. Mm. Point for Dupe. Question I'm seven. Disappointed. That's not, that's, that is not the Blackburn he's, transfer. He's looking at his right hand screen. He's definitely got this open. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely got it open. I said right hand screen, not Born left hand screen. You're on the right hand screen, you fucking <laughs> And then down below is FM. Suck my tits. He's such a chief. I ain't, got a fucking t- I ain't got a time, mate. 
Question 7. In 2014, <laughs> Palace manager Neil Warnock opted not to sign this elite centre-half for £6 million based on advice from his chief scout. Oh, I literally heard this the other day. 2000 and when? In 2014. Then Palace uh, manager Warnock opted not to sign Dupe. Van Dijk. Van Dijk is the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, his chief scout insisted the defender was too slow. Uh, at, at which Warnock quoted, at which Warnock chief actually quoted, on. I think he's still in a job as well, about yeah. the chief scout. Well done, oh, Dupe. Yeah. Question number eight. This future World Cup winner was on the verge of joining Aston Villa after meeting with the club in 1995, only for the transfer to never actually materialise. World Cup winner is vague. Mm. So let's go with this future Brazilian World Cup winner. Was on the verge of joining Aston Villa after meeting with the club in 95, only for the bid not to actually materialise. Ronaldo? Incorrect. Cafu, Roberto Carlos, Claudio oh, Tafarel. Yeah. Point for Joe, it was Roberto Carlos, <laughs> who apparently oh met. Imagine him. <laughs> he Villa actually show. met with Aston Villa and um, they never made a bid. And then a few days later, they signed Gareth Southgate for 2.5 million. So that was question. And instead, eight. he went to Real Madrid. Yes. <laughs> he won a fucking coach. He turned out okay. <laughs> All right, mate, how you doing? Do well. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Stay here. Question number nine. Fresh from winning the Premier League, Blackburn Rovers turned down the chance to sign this World Cup winner in nice. Zinedine Zidane. Zinedine Zidane. Because Tim Sherwood. Because Tim Sherwood. There you go. You want that was to, the one I was expecting. You were waiting for that one, Matt. And finally, question Cheers, number Kenny. 10. Yeah, dickhead. Chief, in 1978, Sheffield United <laughs> were offered the chance <laughs> to sign this 17-year-old future World Cup winner. Um, where they declined because the 200,000 fee was too, deemed too high. So in 1978, they were offered the chance to sign this 17-year-old future World Cup winner. And uh, declined because the fee was too high. Maradona is the correct answer indeed. The Sheffield United Jeez. board refused to pay the 200k fee. They then bought another player for 160,000 instead from River Plate called Alejandro Sabella. Anyone ever heard of him? No. Yes. Bad decision, Sheffield United. Maradona was the correct answer. And at the end of that, the winner of the quiz on five points is Joe. Well done, Joe. Congratulations, Joseph. Congratulations. Man. First quiz of February. Of February. Fingers crossed it's the fucking last. <laughs> we can live in hope. <laughs> uh, breaking news. Sabitz has gone to United. Oh, I just I announced broke it. that earlier. Windows closed. I just announced it. Aberdeen signed Dylan Mark Handy on loan from Blackburn. Wow. Yeah. We're in the dregs here, lads. And Tony Watt. Yeah, we Tony. We Tony. Off to St. Mirren. Anyway. Droops. Um, Dave says thanks for his chair. <laughs> Uh, that brings episode 286 to a close you can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest football manager content five star potential is available on itunes spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week thank you all for listening there'll be more from us next week with maybe less transfer news 
interspersed that's already a week late. But say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. And shut. Some fallback shit, dildo prick. <laughs> <laughs> he listens to the pipe. <laughs>